Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. But I can't recall a time. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 60 of the Always Race Day podcast. Today is Monday, June 27th. Might be Sunday when you're listening to it. Uh, Either way, we're presented by and uh, proudly presented by uh, the Carl Auto Group. If you're in need of a car, uh, brand new, clean, do they do used cars, Damon? They do. They do. They do used cars too. And there's like seven different models you can get, maybe even more. They add some almost every day, it seems. Go down to the Carl Auto Group, go to carlauto.com and get your car today. Uh, You will go in, you will have less dirt on you than when you come out, unlike if you go stand in the infield of a racetrack at Houston Speedway in Brandon, South Dakota, like I did over the weekend. Let's recap it. We're going to talk about it right now. Uh, it's about eight o'clock. The NASCAR cup series race is delayed, um, being shifted on it's on NBC. And then it got shifted to USA network. Um, I know how NBC likes their Sunday night primetime BS. And I'm pretty sure what's on NBC right now. It's not the Stanley cup finals. No, it's, uh, I believe it's America's Got Talent right now. Okay, you know what? I'm a big America's Got Talent guy. So, so it's, either, every- it's either America's Got Talent or American Ninja Warrior, one of the two. Uh, and see, I'm the opposite on American Ninja Warrior, so we really need to cover our bases here. But anyways, uh, we figured we'd take the front part of the podcast and talk about the biggest race of the weekend anyways at Houston's, uh in the Houston's High Bank Nationals. Um, whole week was really good. Spencer Baston took away Casey Kane's first World of Outlaws win on Wednesday night. Thursday, Buddy Kofoid comes out, gets his first World of Outlaws win. That was kick-ass. Uh, and then Carson Macedo took it on Friday and what – Ended up being another great race. We did a post-race pod uh, right after that, about 1.30 in the morning. The only only negative I have to Houston's uh, is the program just gets over really late. But I, I'm a night owl. I don't really carry their way. So, uh, But we'll, we'll get into all that. And then um, Sheldon Hoddenshield gets the biggest win of his World of Outlaws career on Saturday, uh, taking home six figures, $100,000 
um, at the Houston Speedway. Damon, what do you think of the whole week encompassing everything? Really, really long. When you're a fan sitting at home watching this and it starts at six o'clock with, uh, with hot laps and you're not pushing off until close to 1130. Um, it's, it's really, really long to be paying attention for that long, especially middle of the week. Um, Thursday night was tough. In fact, I didn't uh, stay up to watch the the feature on Thursday night because I had to work in the morning. So um, couldn't couldn't stay up to watch the first night. And then uh, Friday again, long was was able to stay up for it didn't want to but uh, was able to stay up for it and then um just again you know same same story different verse for saturday so really really long day really long days really long nights to to watch um those races they probably need to work with a little more sense of urgency a little bit more efficient obviously they had some issues in saturday's race that kind of slowed things down uh but for the most part it uh it, it was a good show but yeah it uh, definitely could have been ran with a little more sense of urgency pushed the time just a little bit more and then uh I, I think, you know, for the majority of the features uh, from Friday to Saturday, I guess, in particular, the the track Friday was almost better because it was there sooner. And the Saturday's track took way too long to get worked in uh, for the feature and really, um, really didn't provide a good race until the last 10 laps. Well, you don't, you don't need to say almost there. I think some of it too is I think fans, especially in dirt racing, take, you know, way too much into account of how late something goes. You know, I can watch a Cubs game that starts on the West coast at nine o'clock and know that it's going to get over at 1230. That's when the Cubs are good. That's just what you do. It's a professional sporting event too. Um, and shit happens and you know, you got to, you know, run it when you can. The thing with Houston's being the summer date is the sunset is as late as possible. I think June 21st is like the longest day of the year sunset wise. Uh, so that definitely plays into when you can hot lap, how early you can hot lap, stuff like that. Uh, aside from that, um, and I don't want to start off with my complaints on the track, but I, we're doing that. I promise I've been a valiant defender of Todd Quirin on Twitter all week and it's awesome. But the, the biggest gripe I have with the whole weekend um, and nearly flawless, let me tell you, like I love Houston's uh, at this point. Love, love, love that track. Uh, the gripe with it was they had it perfect on Friday night and whatever <laughs> you know, it's 10 degrees cooler on Friday night with a little bit more of a breeze and they screwed up that racetrack so poorly. They took 30 minutes to do track work and managed to make it worse, far worse than it was the entire night Saturday. The heat, yeah, race, they, the heat races they, kicked uh, ass. The heat races were as wide open as the track had been in heats all week. Yeah, that that's for sure watching from home the heat races were um a lot of the the single file one lane stuff nobody was doing a lot of passing and then yeah it it was like they just decided we're gonna restart the entire night they resurfaced instead of just the turns or, or one lane in the turns they resurfaced the entire track 
And so that took extra time. I don't think the front of the back stretch really needed it to my kind of rookie eye. I'm getting better at understanding like track prep stuff. I'm definitely nowhere near an expert at it. Uh, but I don't think whoever does it at Houston's, and I know he's been doing it for a long time or they have or whoever it is, uh, I, I don't have a lot of confidence that he knows what he's doing. Um, this weekend, it was fine uh, through the week, and it kicked ass Friday night and Saturday afternoon, and uh, Royals screw up. And, yeah. you know, we talked about that gate opening and that changing the race and the open red in the middle. Well, that was the only way that the track was good because they, so, the they took the water truck and all the push trucks and pushed around the outside of the track under the open red. My question to that is how did it really, how did the gate opening really change the race? David gravel only, he finished fourth. It changed it. So how it changed it, it is change it. how it, well, okay. Logan Schuhart went to the back. Okay. So he lost, he lost his spot. So it changed it for him, but it changed it because it gave the, tra the reason Sheldon Hottenshield won was because the track wasn't one lane. And the only reason it wasn't one lane, because they had the open red and they started packing the outside of the track in way more. It was starting to get to that point, I think, up into that the gate opening, though. From when I, from what I was watching, um, it would have taken a lot more guys trying to go up there and make it work. Uh, I tweeted it right before that big wreck, but there's only like three of them. It was like Shuhart, Robbie Price, and maybe one more that were uh, trying to get the outside of the track worked in more. Everyone else was taking as far of a low line as they could, and even that was starting to rubber up. Well, and obviously that's, you know, it's more or less a position deal when you're running for, for what, 40 laps. So you're trying to not screw up early, but also not waste a lot of time. But um, the, the top side was really, it was starting to work in there, starting to work a second lane. Sheldon ran a whole completely other like universe. That was where no one ever was at throughout the night ever. And he said the only reason he took that chance was because it was a non-points race, more or less. It was awesome. I'm glad he did it because that was that was unbelievable um, to to see him go from from sixth with four to go to to fifth with three to go, and then all of a sudden was leading coming off a of turn two on the last lap. It was like. It was unbelievable. Uh, when they say the hot line was well in play, it was in play. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he impressed me. He said uh, after the race, he said uh, that they could have fired me my rookie year. I had no wins. Um, and I've told the story to you about it. Sheldon uh, and I had – it was a, probably one of the first few World of Outlaws driver interviews I did. Uh but it was like, I, would, I don't want to say like actual interviews I did with him, but I had talked to a lot of the Knoxville guys for far longer than I had like interviewed every World of Allies driver once. Uh, and I had asked him, you know, there's rumors around like, how do you keep recording good results? And I don't know if I didn't phrase it right or what, but he did not like my question at all to him. And I thought it was funny that he referenced uh, basically that season. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was pretty open and honest about it afterwards. He came on and said that they hired him, um, you know, when they didn't have to, and he didn't have the results to show for it. And, 
boy, has he turned it on here as of uh, here as of late. Last year was was kind of the the glimpse year. You could see that he really had made a turn, and now um, leads the world in outlaws and wins. Eight. Yeah, but between him and between him and Macedo, uh, I guess you could call it breakout years between the two of them. And and it's uh, I it's think I, cool I would call Carson. I would call Carson's last season a breakout year. I don't know. The guy's dominating track after track this year. I don't know. Uh, I do see the world of outlaws having the same issue IndyCar has, though. They don't Which have. Is. They don't have. They don't have a villain in the series. And once Aaron Reitzel comes on our podcast and lets everyone know he's a very nice guy and very fun to talk to, and we just shoot the shit. And I'm working on making it happen, guys. I'm chipping away. I love, honestly, one of my favorite guys to shoot the shit with in the garage is Aaron Reitzel. Super, super nice guy. If you get to know him, you can yell about his driving style in my ear until your head falls off. I hope you do, because it's one less dirt fan complaining about stuff. Which, also, every Crown Jewel weekend, we just have people complaining about stuff. I hate it. Can Can we watch a race? And that's the nature of the beast. I saw it all day today, and it's annoying. You see it during during the the cup race. People just com- complain to complain. Saw and it I try I try race. not to, but if something is like a hot topic, then I'll send a tweet out with my thoughts on it if I have strong thoughts either way. But you know how it goes. So uh, let's talk a little more about uh, the Houston's week and the announcements um, and stuff. It seems like, so the World of Outlaws, uh, a lot of these events are going to four nights. Uh, King's Royal Week next year is, I think, going to be four nights again, assuming this year goes. Well, you know what? They'll probably have five rainouts at Eldora five nights in a row this year, and they'll run three King's Royals next year to make up for it. Most likely. That's actually that's my prediction. It'll be a five-night show. It'll pay a million dollars <laughs> i believe it maybe two and a half to There's... match todd queering's 150 percent addition so that's all that's all sarcastic um if you guys are casual fans but a lot of these crown jewel weekends are going to four nights so running down the order of unless anything changes so this is mostly assumed but officially four nights next year at Houston's, um and just announced that they're gonna raise the purse of that race for the winner's check from 100 grand to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars um this year's race at Houston's on saturday i paid a hundred obviously and that is the most money awarded in a professional sporting event in the state of south dakota history um and next year's two hundred fifty thousand to win Houston at high bank nationals uh is going to be the richest paying sprint car race in the sports history so the people yelling about Houston and complaining about it still today uh, after they wake up from their hangover from complaining about it yesterday. Uh, shut up, please. Not even nicely. I'm not being nice about this. The meanest way. Shut your damn mouth. Todd Quaring is doing a lot for the sport. He owns a full-time team. He's doing all this stuff. Um, 
it's owns it's amazing tracks yeah owns two race tracks owns two crown jewel weekends or big big event weekends if you don't want to count the jackson nationals there's people saying the houston's high bank nationals aren't a crown jewel and it's right now going to be the highest paying race of 2023 so uh eat my rear on that one i guess um and we got to talk about the Fortnite thing so it seems like all these events are going to four nights. So Knoxville nationals next year are probably going to be four nights. As long as that doesn't change. I don't think anything's going to five. I don't think anyone will try that. Um, so Knoxville nationals, Kings Royal, Houston's and the world finals at Charlotte will all be four nights of racing. Um, and obviously the dirt car nationals are like 17 at Volusia. So yeah. a lot of racing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of. What do you think about on. four nights? I, I like it that everything's you know in in the same year everything's going to four nights. That's a new norm. I like being at the racetrack four days in a row. It's a grind for sure, but I mean you get you know a lot of stuff. You get to talk to a lot of people. Yeah, and it'll be uh, be nice to add another four night uh, event. Be curious to see what their format looks like and what how it differentiates from all the other four night races uh, that that are being held throughout the year. Um, and uh, adding adding the purse, I I have a feeling right now we're talking about it being the highest paying uh, sprint car race in history. I just have a weird feeling that that will possibly change. Do we think uh, it's going to be an arms race? Is it going to be a big dick off? Oh yeah, it will be. I mean, I I have a. I don't, I don't think Tony's get, Tony definitely heard that news, and he's going to be. I got I got to have the biggest paying race. And then yeah. if, if there's anything that Knoxville has to say about it, they're going to say that we want the highest paying race like they've had. So, well, I mean, I, Tony already holds the highest paying late model race. So, you know, he's going to try to do whatever he can to hold the highest paying sprint car race. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see the uh, either the Kings Royal or just one of the other outlaw Knights go to a big, big number. Uh, in Eldora. Yeah, I just hope the purse doesn't follow like the million was because I, I just hope that doesn't become the norm paying first everything and everyone else nothing. Um, the Eldora million sixth place finisher got 10,000. The fifth place finisher got 12 and a half. Like it was abysmal. Um, yeah, but what did they get paid this week? I'm curious because I heard somebody say that they missed out on $80,000 and they finished like third or something like that. What do you are you for the million or what? No, for this weekend up there. Oh, up at Houston's? Yeah. I had a screenshot. Um McFadden got thirty. So first got a hundred, second place got thirty grand. I can't remember where I bookmarked it at. Hold on. We're looking. Looking at things, looking at things. Looking at things for people who read it. Did I screenshot it maybe? Hold on, Damon. Still looking. I'm not editing this out, by the way. I'm very tired. The whole weekend was lots, lots and lots and lots to do. Well, I don't think I saved it, so I take that back. Are you looking online? I don't even know where to begin to start looking for that. Be under, it'd be under results, but it's it's okay. Um, 
Yeah, no, basically, I don't know if it was 25 for third or 20 or, or what it went down to. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a big jump down, but it's not 10% of a million for second, which is what, you know, it was 10% at the Eldora million is 100 grand for second, then it was what? But in the same token, it also makes you want to... 25 for third, I think. There, it, yeah. it, it makes finishing second sting, right? That on the, on the same token. Right, right. I just don't want it to completely decrease going from second to fourth or fifth. Also, the issues with the format, there's drivers that didn't like it. Um, there was high like pressure to finish top three in your heat. So the, the heat race winners got a hundred and then it went to 95, I think, or it went to 97, 94. It went down by three, I think, and then increased to down by five, every position after third. So fourth, you were down five points to finishing third, whereas third, you're down three points to finishing second. Um, and I thought that was insanely stupid. No one has ever bragged about podiuming in a top three or in a heat race. So that was that was where I thought they went wrong with the format. Things could have been different. There were some names and drivers that I didn't expect to see, you know, near the top of the points, like Brock Zierfoss was up there. Riley Goodno podiumed on Friday night because he was up there in points. Uh so that was different. It was cool. It was unique, I guess. Um, but I thought at the same time there was, you know, some things that could have been done better with the format and i know a lot of people weren't happy with it um and also if you don't switch how much how many points it is in the middle it's probably easier to tabulate heat race results and where they fit in the points but well you had sheldon who had to come out of the b two nights in a row um and and i think they said he passed what 50 cars he passed the most cars by far this weekend and so he had to come out of the b twice in a row and had to use a provisional on friday night to even get into the feature for for friday night's race so um you know the format will be interesting to see what they do for four nights because it's going to change and how they how they do things for saturday so um the the Fortnite thing will be interesting and see if it changes the the format uh wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of the format and the way they had it had it lined up uh especially as a fan at home uh i think dirt vision could have done a little bit better job of kind of explaining the point system uh and maybe they did and i wasn't paying attention at the time but um could have could have explained the the format just a little bit more because it, it was really confusing if you didn't have any source of social media yeah absolutely uh do we have any hot takes we want to say out of houston's i have one the pits uh feel like the iowa state fair except the people okay hold on i'm i need to report paula on twitter Every time someone posts a shirt these days, there's a fake account. Suspicious or spam. Okay, fake account. Block and report it. Okay, sweet. 
sorry. So every time someone posts a shirt on Twitter, even if I just retweet it, it, I'll get a tweet and the responses with them that they've made a shirt that looks the exact same and they're selling it for more money. Yep. Naturally. And then the other bots like attach themselves to it and be like, Oh my God, thanks Maya. I bought, I just bought this. It's so good. It fits me so well. And I'm like, the tweet was sent 10 minutes ago. You haven't gotten your shipment in yet. That's impossible. And you're just taking people's stuff. Hey, you never know. There's called uh, overnight shipping. Now they've got over hour shipping. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, I needed to take a moment and serve my country there. So gotten that out of the way anyways. So yeah, the, uh, the people in the pits at Houston's, uh, the, so like if you saw any pictures of it, all the cars are angled on like this aisle, um, going all the way down and it's just a barrage of people after the race. And there's a lot of people there. It was nearly a sellout. Uh, I was extremely impressed with the crowd. I'm sure the crowd will be better next year for 250 grand to win on four nights. I hope it is. Um, but it's, it's like the Iowa state fair, except like not every person you run into is stupid and it doesn't make you feel claustrophobic. That was my takeaway from it. Well, I'm going to log off now because I live at the Iowa state fair. Wow. That's no, that's, that's all good. I just, people on the midway at the Iowa state fair piss off, piss me off more than a, a lot of groups in this country. You're not on the midway. I I am on the midway. Are you walking on the midway? Every once in a while, yeah. Do you walk aimlessly with no sense of direction or anyone around you? Because if there was like top 10 places to get elbowed uh, in America, like hockey rink, probably in the top three, Iowa State Fair also podiuming in that result. Yeah, I do walk around aimlessly because. Do you throw bows? Are you throwing bows in the Iowa State Fair? If if it's needing to be done, it it happens. Yeah. You got well. We're getting you up to Houston next year for this. You you got to see it. It's it's a fun place. I enjoyed myself. I do like poking fun at people that like other things, like the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, that uh, I I don't get the people that bash the Iowa State Fair. It kills me. But Damon, when I tell you the only place I've ever felt claustrophobic at is when I'm walking around at the Iowa State Fair with people who have no sense of where they're going, direction, people around them, or urgency to get there. Yeah, that's the point. I'm just like sitting there in the middle of people. I'm like, we're not buying beer. We're not going to get the beer. We're not eating funnel cake. We're just standing and throwing bows. Honestly, they like to throw elbows there. It's, uh, it's a staple of the fair. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy there, man. There's just so many people that don't know where they're going. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Because they're trying to figure out where they want to go. I, I do it in a field. There's plenty of space. It's like, hey, we all congregated over here in uh, the Chicago area of the Iowa State Fair, but uh, Montana over there is still sitting there wide open, just like uh, our country is now. Uh, we just, no one goes there. There's nothing over there. So no one stands over there. I think I've, I think I've touched something with Damon here. Yeah. I don't think he's happy with me. The only time I've ever missed the fair was in 2020 when they didn't have it. So that shoot, that stinks. I'm sorry that I, I was, I was basically, I have lived every, every year at the fair. In fact, when I was in high school and had to go back for football, 
I drove from Des Moines back and forth every day. It's dedication because that's what we did. That's what our, what we've always done. I'll have to, what do you, what do you do at the fair personally? Do you just live there? We camp at the fair. My, okay. my mom has had a camping spot at the fair for nearly 50 years now. Okay. And you, you just like go around and do stuff for fun. Yeah. Is there a night where you do more things or less things? I'll come out for a night with you. We, we do the same amount of things every night as much as our bodies will hold. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'll come out for a night with you because it's when the hell are they going to bring monster trucks back to the Iowa state fair this year? They already had them this last year. Are they, I'll come, I'll come watch monster trucks. We'll do that. They had them. They had them this last year. It was in the middle of the day. It was dumb, but I don't care. I don't care when they have it. I just want them back. I said that from the start. Yeah, they're back. They have a whole new arena specifically for it. Oh my God. Another person with the Corey LaJoy shirt. Hey, they're trying to make sure it gets out. I've got to report all these accounts. Sharing links to fishing sites. Yeah, that's, that's one. Okay, so I think the NASCAR race is about to start. Cars yeah. are being uncovered. Let's take a break. We'll come back after it. Uh, hopefully soon, maybe late. I don't know. But it's re well, I, I could say it's restarting now on USA, but the people listening to this don't care. Right. All right. We're pausing. Next up is the uh, Cup Series recap. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? We're back. Another what's up, guys? They've gotten like five between the last two episodes, Damon. Maybe six. At least five. At least. It's quite something, really. Uh, we are here to talk about the NASCAR Cup Series race at Nashville. Finally, a win for the good guys. You know, Chase Elliott has been looking for that second win uh, for a long time this season. And a lot of their fans, a lot of Chase's fans, uh, have been waiting patiently. Uh, you know, it seems like every week Chase was just due to win the next race because he's probably the best driver in NASCAR history. And, you know, he finally got out, finally took to the track and got one. Uh, and it, it's been a long time coming. It's, it, it stinks for those fans. They've, they've waited and waited. And it's been like 56 weeks since Chase's last championship. So, Damon, yeah. I, think, I think they at least got, they got a little bit of a relief today. Yeah, they got something. Boy. How, how how are the Chase Elliott fans feeling considering? You know, I, I don't know a ton myself, uh, uh -huh. but I sense that just reaching out to different factions of the community that they're, they're having a good night so far. You mean the same person on the other side of the screen? 
I, I don't know who Zach is really a big fan of. I think he's a Chiefs yeah. fan. I'm not sure. I haven't asked him. Okay. No, solid, solid win for Chase. I thought he did good. I thought, I thought he really put the pedal to the metal when it mattered. Uh, I thought he beat the crap out of Kyle Bush. Might have lost Kyle Bush's job for next season, honestly. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Chase drove a good race at the end, and Eddie DeHaan gave him what he needed uh, as far thought, as guidance. I thought he was hot all day. I thought he was hot in the um, early part of the race. He had a penalty. He showed during the second stage, got up to third, and then they pitted and they came back and they were fast again. I didn't really understand the like, he wasn't that fast early in the race. I mean, he wasn't leading, right? But like, I don't right. know. I, I thought he was one of the guys moving through. The he, field. he just wasn't, he wasn't leading. He wasn't, if that race would have been ran at the time that it was, then it's a whole different conversation. Oh, here comes the Chase Elliott one. We need a qualifier. No, no, he he just wasn't the fastest car at the time of the at the time of the actual race. The car got better after the rain delay, and you got to give them props. Same way with Larson's car; they were completely trash at the uh, in the first part of the race. After the rain delay, they passed everybody they wanted. He was two tenths faster in the whole field up until that last caution. So. That's fair. Uh, I thought they were both pretty decent in the opening part of the race, and then in the middle they got slower. So I see what they, you're saying. They were they were decent. They weren't race winning cars, and then that after that it was much better. Chase had a really he had a fast car. I mean, he ran Kyle down from about a second and a half in less than ten laps. So he uh, he had a fast car. Yeah, him and Truex both kind of did because I didn't realize they went to commercial. Um, and they kind of did the same thing that Fox usually does. Yeah. NBC, nonetheless, is still better today. Uh, aside from moving the race from NBC to USA, I thought that was stupid. It's a live event. You don't have to broadcast the Stanley Cup. No one gives two hoots about what's on. It's all oh, about well. money. Yeah, you know how it is. Um, I am a big, I am a big Mike Joy fan. You catch this? Mike Joy was uh, teasing what was next, and instead of having a post-race show on USA, again, bumped, stupid. Uh, he said, "Up next is Law and Order SUV, which SUV. obviously stands for Super Utility Vehicle and not Special Victims Unit." Well, then that would be SVU. That's he said SUV. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a subtle jab at the USA people. You mean Rick Allen said that? Was it Rick Allen or oh shit? Yeah, Mike Joy. Does All right, Mike Joy still Rick sucks. Allen. All right, Rick Allen, number one announcer in NASCAR. No, 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 it's good. It's good. He has power rankings just completely shifted. I did not realize no. I did that. No, Rick Allen, that's my guy. I'm sorry. Rick Allen is the thing that's holding NBC's broadcast back. I could say the same about Foxes. Debate. I, that's not even debatable. Not even the animal, the TV channel, Mike Joy. If it wasn't for Mike Joy, then that whole broadcast would be off the rails. Which I'd love. Put the part, put the part in my take, guys, on the NASCAR broadcast. And just sit back and watch and throw Clint Boyer out there. You know, if Denny Hamlin wrecks early, he knows those guys well enough. 
people already hate the Fox broadcast. You can't make it any worse than it already is. Ah, those guys are talented. If you pay them enough money to care, they, they do their thing. That's what I don't get is we got all these people in spots and, and we can't get broadcasters that are like not unanimously agreed upon, but like there's gripes everywhere. I mean, there's always going to be. It's not going to matter. No, nah, that's completely fair. Going to be. So but pretty sound. Learning stuff from the broadcast today's was a lot better. Yeah, yeah, they did the graphics together, and it was a blast to watch Steve Latart do what he does. Dale Jr. is a really good broadcaster, and I've always said that. And again, if it's not for Rick Allen holding that broadcast back, NBC would it wouldn't even be close. And the only reason it's like even in the same area code right now is because of Rick Allen. It's interesting. I I see no difference between Rick Allen and Mike Joy. Really, you put Allen Bestwick in that booth, and it's not even they're not in the same country i'm fine with alan bestwick but i'd rather have Al- adam alexander on the fox broadcast than i would mike joy mm, no he like adds him. nothing he adds nothing just like rick allen only added the little quip at the end but at least his quip was funny mike joy tries to do that and he just tells a meaningless stat yeah his mike joy tells good stats you don't like him what are you talking about he adds stats. I'm about I'm about to go siphon. You don't make me do this. Don't make me do this tomorrow and siphon through 16 Fox broadcasted races to find Mike Joy's shitty stats. You can do it if you want. That means it's gonna. It's at this point. It's gonna be a segment because I can't do. I can't. I can't physically do this without anecdotal evidence, and I, I feel like it's a disservice to the listeners. But. Dude, he, like they're they're meaningless stats. It's like he says something. And it's like, what's that tell me? And he doesn't explain time it. For shitty races, he has I don't. No, 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 don't, don't. Here's how you fill time for me. You tell a story about yeah. What, speaking of Nashville, I was in Nashville when I was eight years old, and I actually went to the zoo there and was attacked by a no rhino. One cares? No That's one more cares interesting that. than a shitty stat. No, it isn't. I could give two shits what you did when you were eight. I could give three shits about what Mike Joy did at the zoo when he was eight in an embarrassing story. Personal side of Mike Joy. I could care less. Could not care. But if he's giving me a stat about something, then it's much more... It's tied to the actual race. One of our readers out of Knoxville suggested to me that we stop arguing like an old married couple. Yeah, well, that doesn't. You're not contributing. You're not helping the situation here. I'm trying to stay calm because I'm not the problem. I'm. I'm. I stay calm, dude. <sighs> yeah. Bullshit. See, I'm, I'm just a calm, calm, cool, and collected citizen. The four C's. The, uh, the live and Connor. That's the fifth. The live audience agrees. Live audience is pretty damn biased. Live studio audience. Woo, you can't just you can't just keep saying it. I cannot for Damon. See, live studio audience. Uh, you didn't is, come out tonight. You came out like five years ago. Six. Six. All right, there we go. All right, I'm glad we got that taken care of. <laughs> so Chase Elliott won the race tonight. Kyle Busch second. Uh, no, Kyle Busch did not finish. Second. Oh, Kurt Busch finished second. 
forgot about that. Pit stops throw everyone for a loop. Yeah, I, I like the tire degrad- degradation. I can never say that word. Um, yeah, they made a bad decision for pitting. There. Yeah, four laps. You think that was going to do anything against eight? At the I didn't. I thought. I thought everyone was making the stupid decisions. The top decision. ten stayed out. The top ten stayed out. No, they didn't. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace came. Bubba Wallace stayed out. And he started tenth. Finished tenth. So it would have been like yeah, the, second through said, ninth. The, second through ninth. That's what no, I'm saying the guys who were at at the time of the restart were mm. top 10 they stayed out if, if you i see what you mean listen, if you listen long enough you'll understand oh my get out of here you phrased it All right. it's phrasing I'm going well you should up your internet speed it helped i i've upped it once worth 70 bucks a month if you want to pay the extra 150 to get the, the big internet we can we can get the bay internet but i'm not your employer however i also do not have the big internet pretty well i don't think it was a hearing issue i just misunderstood what stat you were throwing at me it's a mike joyce stat yeah okay that's what i was expecting out of you Mm-hmm. Not not too many other takeaways other than Chase is at the top of the playoff standings by playoff points, of course. Like we all expected through 17 races. I mean, if there was, you know, if there was a team that was going to figure this out, then obviously it was going to be Hendrick. And I mean, we've we've seen in the past that that Chase can adapt pretty easily to things. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think there's a a driver better at adapting to things than Chase Elliott. All right. Let's calm down here. I was just saying. Very very adaptable driver. If he was a dongle, he could adapt to a USB-C, a USB and HDMI, aux jack, adapt to many, many of things. Yeah, so much for you not being a Chase Elliott fan either, huh? No, I'm just I'm just saying my thoughts on him right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I Chase, fan. not a Chase fan. Okay. You have I'll any? It one. Yeah, right. Uh, Bubba ended up getting top ten after a really wacky night. Kurt Busch finished his second. No, he didn't. I thought he finished. I read that he finished tenth. That's what, literally what I just ran down. Hmm. Pretty sure he finished twelfth. He did finish twelfth. Was it twelfth? Hold on. What did I? He finished twelfth. Top ten: Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Ryan. Blaney, I, I, I got. I got it right here. At least. All right. Well, twelfth, twelfth, and tenth. Oh well. Same difference. Anyways, uh, Bubba's pit crew doesn't do him any favors. Uh, Can I say something real quick on yeah, that? Go ahead. All right. And this is going to be very controversial, but. People never once showed any empathy to the driver when Kyle Busch reamed the shit out of his pit crew. Everybody was saying Kyle's a hothead and Kyle is this and he's a terrible person and a terrible teammate. But today, Bubba Wallace comes on the radio early in the race and calls his team a bunch of MFers. 
and basically says that he is not going to talk the entire race because of one incident that happened early on. I understand this is not the first time it's happened. Yeah, I think that's the difference, though. But Kyle's also wasn't the first time that how, it happened. But okay, but how many times can you like remember a pit crew that was unanimously the worst on pit road like more than half the races of the season? It's been like six of 17 at least. When Chad Knauss literally switched pit crews in the middle of a race. Right, 10 years ago, right? Right. Yeah. So what and that's like, the, that's like the only time I can remember it happening ever. They switched full pit crews with in Kyle Busch as well. It was just not as a big deal because it wasn't in the middle of a race. Yeah, but how abysmal was it? Because like this is the worst pit crew performance I've seen out of any NASCAR pit crew since I've watched NASCAR. I'm what my point is, and I I get it. My whole statement behind this is well, you're just, no, you're just repeating your statement and taking what I said and not putting anything into your statement. Gotta let me finish, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, stop. It it pisses me off when people go and praise Bubba for calling his team MFers, but yet are the same people that yell at Kyle the whole time. I get it. Okay, that's fair. I don't I don't praise Bubba for yelling at his team. I don't think I don't think that's a good team chemistry move. Well, it should look like it from a bunch of people. But it, they they do they they do suck ass. Like, and I don't like I don't like calling people out, and I make jokes about them every Sunday. I'm not saying they don't suck. It's a weekly thing. I'm gonna next week. I might compare Bubba's pit crew to BTS fans in terms of worst group of people in the world. I'm not saying that they don't suck. Maybe we'll do power rankings and put them both on a list. Power rankings of what? The worst groups of people in the world. One, BTS group, BTS fans. Two, Bubba Wallace's pit crew. Three, people at the Iowa State Fair that don't know where they're going. Four, people bagging on Todd Queering on Sunday, June 26th. I've got four already. It's too late for this. We're going to keep going. (laughs) All right. Uh, The only other things uh, that I have to say is I always do this with every podcast we do. I forget to say things and I want to include them. But thank you, Todd, uh, for letting us cover the race and the world of outlaws and fantastic event. Awesome turnout and awesome, awesome, awesome racetrack aside from Saturday's Amen. That's all. That's all I got to say about that. I'm very psyched for next year. We're gonna get more people down the next year. We're gonna, we're gonna do camping and have a big party and stuff. But yeah, it was it, uh, like I said earlier. It was a good show. I mean, it was up until and it, even you know the last ten laps of the Saturday's A Main lived up to the hype. It made up for the first thirty being completely trash. So I am, um, you know, the last ten laps really made up for it. They put on a show, put on a great, a great deal. Uh, it was fun to watch from afar. And it was uh, you know, like I said, if they moved with a little more sense of urgency, I would have even given it a higher rating than what I did. And it's still a pretty good I mean it was a pretty good three four day show absolutely all right we're gonna end on this damon pick uh one one group of people to fix your car in an auto shop a bunch of 
uh, Bubba Wallace's pit crew or uh, Florida Georgia Line diehard fans? A fi- to fix, say that again. Yeah, fix your your truck breaks down and you need someone to fix it, and you have two crews to fix it. It's either Bubba Wallace's pit crew or diehard Florida Georgia Line fans. No, I just fixed it myself. I'll know more than both. That's fair. I'll take the FGL fans and and we'll have fun fixing it together. Cause we'll listen to some good music. YouTube can tell you more than what both of those, all, all they're doing is putting kits together. And then you got the FGL fans who doesn't know left from right. So hey, I just, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that abysmal, abysmal for a NASCAR cup series pit crew. I never once said they weren't. I know, I know, I know you didn't, and I, I get, I get where you're coming from because there isn't the dynamic of like Kevin Harvick was an asshole for criticizing his pit crew back in the day. Same with Kyle Busch, um, but yet, you know, I still like for both those guys in one year. Like I remember like three big moments. I feel like this year it's been like six, seven times that the pit crew has cost Bubba like multiple seconds on pit road. In the green flag pit stop, they didn't even do it. But they had to, I think they had it cycled differently. So he went to 25th. He's the last car on the lead lap after everything cycled through when the caution came out. So it was basically bad luck tonight, but they cost him seconds earlier in the race in the middle of it. So, yeah, he, uh, he was caught under the caution a lap down. He had just come into pit. Uh, he was on the same cycle with Larson because they both came together on the same lap. And that was when um, Busher's tire fell off. Um, also, we're not talking enough about how Denny Hamlin lost six spots on pit road about how we didn't see people jumping Denny Hamlin's pit crew for losing them six spots. So. No, I saw. Uh... They all come from the same stable too. I, I quote tweeted it and said, did Denny Hamlin switch his pit crew with the 23? I saw, I saw you quote tweet. Right, I just want to make sure I just want, yeah, I'm doing my due diligence over here. The majority of the, of the population that bitched and moaned early on in this show when the sun was still up. Larson's pit uh, crew on the green flag stop lost him two and a half seconds too. Terrible. Don't get me started. It was awful, but they're right. also down two of the, two of their main guys too. So. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. You don't so see that, any other pit crews making excuses. I'm, I'm not making excuses. He still finished fourth, So it was, I just, I just there. love how we have like a complete take versus take <laughs> and neither, yeah. neither of us like can joke with one another long enough to keep it going. It's too late. It's too late for that. It is. It's, it's 1145. Uh, we will uh, get back to you guys midweek this week. Thanks for a fun weekend. We'll uh, recap other stuff. Send us questions Wednesday. Uh, send us questions through the week. I'll bookmark all of them or, or like them and uh, get it taken care of. Thank you all for listening. We'll work on the joke thing. It's mostly Damon. Damon gets a little sensitive, but we'll work on it. Yes. I'll, I'll take all the blame. All right. Love you guys. I feel like you're a little biased when you say it, Zach. All right. See you guys uh, later this week, Thursday afternoon. Morning. Morning for episode 61. I got it. I figured it out, Damon. I saw your face. Bye.